All right, let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for what just happened. Um, a family coming together to dedicate a young one in your name is um, a big deal. Every person on this planet that you've created that chooses to say yes to you, that's a big deal. And even more so to walk with you and to surrender to you. Um, all that we are and uh, all that we want and all that we fear, all that we hope for, uh, we surrender to you now in this moment. We thank you that this is the moment you've given us. And many of us have brought with us <clears throat> a lot of stuff, hard stuff, some good stuff. But there's a lot of stuff in this room, a mixture of it. And so we surrender it to you now so that we can hear what you have to say. And so I pray that you would help us uh, say no to the distractions and say yes uh, to the clarity of your spirit this morning. Bless your word as we go through it. <clears throat> would you lead us and guide us and uh, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I wanted to pray again to stall <laughs> because I feel the Lord has called an audible for this morning. So what I had planned, that's gone. So we're just going to go where he goes. Is that good? <clears throat> Last week, a reminder that we're in Romans. And Romans has been no picnic for me personally. I don't know about you. Uh, it's been really challenging. It has put me in a place of conversation with the Lord and people um, at, close to me in my life. Uh, conversations that have been hard but good. How many have had those? Hard conversations. You hate going through them, but when you stay with Jesus in them, oh, you're like, okay, I'm glad we did that even though it was awful. <laughs> but the outcome when we're faithful as he is faithful far surpasses the suffering and the challenge of going through those kind of conversations. Is that, would that be true? Yes. Okay. And so last week we talked about uh, this... Uh, this idea of suffering that we all love to experience and talk about, right? And how Paul says uh, in verses 17 and 18 that he doesn't even compare. It's worthless to compare our current sufferings of this world to the glory of God of the present and what's to be. Now that sounds really good. I want to be able to say that with confidence. I often compared the two, <laughs> more than I would like. And last week we talked a lot about it, and we're going to touch on it a little bit more this week and, uh, because I think it's important. We can't just skirt over the issue of suffering, and it's not to highlight suffering. It's that you, so you know this, suffering is not your destiny. It's just part of the journey of your destiny to be with Jesus. And oftentimes we can look at this world and say, suffering is what's going to happen all the time. And then every once in a while we get a moment to come above the waves and breathe in fresh air, but then we have to go back down into the suffering. Does anyone feel that way? It's just as soon as you think you've cleared it, it comes back. Now I grew up on the ocean and I will tell you this, one of the things I love more than anything is the ocean. It's fabulous. 
because it can incite the greatest of joy and fear all at the same time. It is who has been in the ocean. It is a wonderful thing, but it can be very terrifying. Why is that? You're really powerless. You really have to be mindful of where you are. You have to be mindful of what's around you. And I was a cocky young man when it came to the ocean. I grew up in the ocean. Some were like shocked. They're really? Tell us something we don't know. And what I would do, I, I, I remember this vividly. I had some friends when I was in college from the East Coast come out to visit me. And we went down to um, a friend's beach house in Mexico. And it had this cool private beach that you can surf and not have to share any waves. That's a big deal, okay? And a storm came in. So I thought I had to show off my skills. <laughs> and they're going... Why would you even think about putting your toe in that water, let alone getting in that water? I'm like, I grew up on the water, baby. This ain't nothing. And it was like 12-foot faces. It was one after the other. It was choppy. It, the, it, it was just horrible. So I go out there, and one after the other, after the other, after the other, and I am losing energy. And now my, my parents came down with us, and my mom is looking out. She's going... I don't even remember the last time she was in the ocean. She's like, I'm going to have to go save him because he's going to die. Because he's stupid. Which was true. Because I was trying to show off. And how powerless I was. How powerless. I had nothing to offer that situation. Nothing. I thought, I literally thought I was going to die. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm ready. And I heard this. Put your feet down. I was really far out. Put your feet down. I'm like, I'm going to sink and die. You won't, okay, it's a mercy death. Okay, I get it. I put my feet down, and I'm in waist-deep water. And I walk in to the beach. <laughs> Completely humiliated. Because that's what, one, suffering can do, but two, how much greater Christ is in the midst of your suffering. Put your feet down. And so last week we talked about how in suffering, it's important in our journey to our destiny with Jesus. Now, when I say destiny, I'm not talking about this mystical kind of thing. I'm talking about what God has created us for. He created us for relationship with him. And as we are walking that relationship, suffering is a part of the journey, the side of heaven. Because we have a world that's in agony because of the fall, which we'll see in a little bit. In agony. Paul describes it as the creation going through birth pains. It's in agony. And so it wants relief. So it's a part of the journey. It's absolutely part of the journey. And I mentioned last week, when you look at Scripture, you see all these blacksmith references of the refiner's fire, the, the, the Lord being the forger, really, of our hearts. And, and I told you about this show that I got addicted to. Do you remember this? Forged into Fire, and this is Blacksmith Competition Show. Did anyone watch that after I shamelessly plugged it? Okay, how was it? Did you enjoy it? That was pretty cool, right? And how the steel has to go through the fire. Has to. Or cannot become what it's meant to be. And if you take it out of the fire too soon, if you try to treat it and make it what it, you want it to be before it's, it's ready, 
the blade will break, the metal will crack, it will warp, it will not become what it's meant to be. And so we see that this, this refinement of suffering is important when it comes to walking with Jesus. It's what Paul, Paul wants to share, he says in his letters, wants to share in the sufferings of Christ. We are called to do that, and I don't really look forward to that. Do you? It's a heroic notion. Oh, what would Jesus do? He would suffer. Let's do that. No, that's not a winning selling point when you want someone to come in relationship with Christ. Hey, Jesus loves you. Guess what? Life is going to be hell on earth from this point forward because it will be against you, and you'll know it now. I mean, that doesn't, sign me up. That sounds fantastic. Oh, and then let's go to James. Consider it pure joy when you experience trials. And trials, they bring suffering. Oh, great. I'm going to be excited now and joyful about all the suffering that's happening with me so that perseverance can run its way. That doesn't sound good. I'm not trying to mock it. It's like how we feel. At least it's how I feel. Does anyone else feel that way? It's like he's impossible. No. Well, I, I envy you. I feel that way sometimes. And it, it couldn't be more important, though, to go through it with Jesus. Now, I want to look. We're going to look in Romans 8 in just a minute. But I want to look at um, this powerful passage that was brought up in the dedication, which was kind of cool because I was already looking into it. <laughs> um, Isaiah 43. This is an important passage amongst a lot of important passages. But I want to read this to you, and I want you to pay attention to something. So if you have your Bibles, you can take them out, please. And Isaiah 43, and we're going to read the first few verses that we've read this morning already, but we're going to do it again. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel... Fear not. What did that say? Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are what? Let that sink in for a second. You. Fill your name into that blank space. You are his. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am what? With you. He's saying, when I am with you, you are with me. Suffering cannot take you out. It will only make you stronger in my name. When Jesus sends his disciples out, fear not, for I will be with you always till the very end of the age. He promises all throughout scripture, I will be with you. Fear not, I will be with you. I will be with you. Do you know when suffering takes us out? It's when we sever the cord from him and try to suffer without him. Because too often we blame the suffering, what? On him. And we separate ourselves. 
And we cannot experience the glory in the way that we are meant to experience the glory that will sustain us in the midst of the rivers, of the challenges, of the suffering. That is whom we need in order to move through suffering in a way that strengthens us, is Jesus. He's with us through it all. He helps us in the suffering, which is why there's no comparison He ministers to us in the suffering. He talks to us in the suffering. Whether we hear him or not sometimes is another story, but he does. He loves us through it. Who else does that? The only reason why we do that with one another is because we're created in the image of the one who does that. He's the only one who can take us through in a way that his glory will be seen. Is that clear? He's the only one. So when we go to uh, chapter 8 in Romans, just recapping last week from verse 17 and 18, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. It's not, Paul's finding it's not even worth it. Now, this, again, does not mean you dismiss your suffering. But understand that he who is doing a good work in you is greater than your suffering. Now, I'm still an arrogant, cocky person. I'll tell you why. Because I had the audacity this weekend in conversations with some people to say, wouldn't it be great if we could love the Lord and experience joy in the Lord if every discomfort or every comfort was taken from us? I want to live a life where if everything was taken from me, I could say, Jesus, Jesus, all day long, like Paul did in prison, and people would come to Christ. And I gave a really motivational speech on it. I was pretty good. And I felt motivated by it. And then things started to happen. (laughs) And then I'm like, idiot, what are you doing? Don't say stupid stuff. That's how it felt. And little things, sometimes suffering comes in the little things. Not just the big things. Those things are obvious, right? I mean, when we lose someone we love, that is a huge, huge When we lose a relationship, when we lose a job, those are huge things, okay? Your refrigerator breaks. It's annoying. But then a thousand different things like that, and what, it's like, it's those waves. It's just, and you're like, oh my gosh, stop it, flatten, calm the storm for five seconds, please. I need to breathe. Has anyone prayed something like that? Lord, calm this stinking storm for a second. I don't even have my floaties on. Give me a break. (sighs) That was my weekend. Did anyone have a weekend like that? Thank you. That one person. And I'm just finding it's not the suffering I thought when I was reading this that I would have to be going there, but I'm going through all these little things. And literally this morning, my fridge, guess what? Kaput. Then I just get a call. Emmett's face blew up like this. And now he's in the emergency. 
I'm just going, and that was, that was on a lot of hard conversations I had to have with people this weekend that I dearly care about that needed to happen. So everything I was telling you this morning are things that I was experiencing this weekend, and they're very hard. It takes energy, and it is a sense of suffering. It's like when you're working out, you've got to break down your muscles. You've got to do all that so they can build muscle and strengthen. But it, who likes work? Well, okay, there are people that like working out. I get that. <laughs> Okay, and it's usually because of the after effect, you know, it's like, <laughs> but it's hard. And I found that happening this weekend. And, you know, I thought it was getting through the week scot-free. I mean, whew, the, weekend, the week was doing great. And then the weekend hit, and I'm like, this stinks. And it's okay. And I, you know, it was really funny. It's not funny, actually, but it, uh, ironic. I, I, said, I said yesterday, I said, Lord, one more thing like this. I'm not preaching this stuff anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not going to do it. Because this is awful. And some would go, well, it's just the fridge. It's just this, this, this. It was a million things that I'm not even going to tell you about. Right? And we all know what those things are for us. And our posture with Jesus in it is the most important thing. Because it shows God's glory is greater than the suffering. Our lives have to model that. How we turn toward him in those times. And this is where my prayers get kind of extreme. I say, Lord, I don't ever want to have to pray that, or I don't want to ever have to turn toward you because that meant I turned away. I want to be facing you always. Well, it's great. It's a romantic notion. But guess what? Suffering's coming. And will his glory for me keep me fixated on him in the midst of my suffering? Man, I want it to. But let's be honest. That's easier said than done. But it doesn't make it any less true that his glory is greater. Now, I'm going to try not to go too long here because I, because of this audible here we're doing, I'm going to throw a few other things in here and we're just, <laughs> forget about the clock. I'm not going to be here all day, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> in verse 19, we hear this, creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to, the, to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. And hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage of decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. Groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. For our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Hear what Paul is saying. <laughs> okay? What he's saying is what we've tasted is only the beginning of things to come. And because of the fall, all of creation, us, animals, all of creation is groaning and waiting to be redeemed. Because scripture tells us we'll have renewed bodies, the creation will be renewed, and we're waiting for that. And Paul uses childbirth to go back to Genesis to say, now guess what? Because of the fall, you're going to experience pain and labor and all these things. 
So he's trying to connect the two. But guess what happens when you go through those? You, you have a what? When you go through pregnancy, the outcome, God willing, is what? A baby. One of the greatest honors of my life has been watching my wife, Shanna, give birth to our three kids. Greatest honor. Because it shows me how much of a wimp I am. Oh, super wimp. And I, how many love feeling helpless? I'll tell you what. (laughs) Watching is the most helpless feeling ever. Because the one you love the most outside of Jesus is in the worst pain ever. And you can't do anything about it. Outside of praying, there's nothing I can do. And I'm watching all of this happen. And when that baby comes out, like Shan, I remember saying, how are you doing? I don't even care. Because what was there was far greater than what she had gone through. And the creation of God is groaning, is so excited and waiting, waiting, waiting for the redemption to come full circle and to be renewed so that the suffering has, it's not our destination any longer. It's in the past and we can go, whoa, I'm in the glory of God for all time. I don't even know what that suffering was. The church is the beacon of the glory of God. The beacon, the city on the hill, the body of Christ. We are the glory bearers of Jesus. So that when suffering hits, we feel it, yes, but we know that the glory of God is greater still. And he's transforming me in the midst of the suffering with ever-increasing what? Glory. Whose glory? His glory. Your suffering is not wasted. God promises, as we see in Isaiah 43, that you will go through the fire, but you will not be what? Burned up. Why? Because I am with you. I'm going to ask you a question. And those of you that are willing to answer, please do. How many are enduring some suffering right now? It could be big, it could be small. Okay? Now look around, people. We are all enduring. But we come to this place not to sit in a pew and say, I got fed. We come to be encouraged to continue to move forward in Jesus in the midst of that suffering. To know that he's greater than that. Not just to get some medicine to feel better about ourselves so that we can get on with our week. But to sit with the people of God and the glory of God together and to know that suffering will not take us out. The glory of God is greater than any suffering. Any. There are missionaries being sent to the U.S. who do not understand how we can worship without experiencing suffering. Interesting. How do you do what you do without understanding the suffering? Because a lot of third world country missionaries have gone through the suffering and have seen the glory of God. And one of the biggest gripes is that we can become anemic. We can become so numb in this culture because we are comfort oriented. 
We want comfort. Everything that we could possibly want, we can go click. Do you remember when you, you actually had to work to get stuff? I remember when I actually had to do chores, when I actually had to earn something, when I had to put some sweat into getting something where now I can just go click. We, man, suffering is not something we want to even get into, just as an American culture. But we as the church are guaranteed we're going to suffer because we bury the glory of God. And remember, the enemy wants to snuff it out. He can't. He's lost. But he can make us think that he didn't. Deception is his only tool. But we have to understand proper perspective that God's glory, who he is, even though we don't understand it, and you're going to have to get over that. The I don't knows, accept them. I don't know how he does what he does. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how he can go beyond what we can come up with. I don't know. He just can and he does and he will. And he'll make us look foolish every time we challenge that. Is there anyone in here that survived something they shouldn't have survived? And you kind of go, how is that even possible? There you go. I don't know why. God is just that big, that great, that vast, that we have to keep asking questions for eternity. (laughs) You figure him out, he's not God. Because now you're bored. God's glory is infinitely greater than anything that we can think of. Any suffering. Even Jesus went through the worst, the absolute worst, separation from God for the first time in all of eternity, separation from God, because what? He knows that the glory is greater. We as a church need to start believing that and living that. And it's really hard. And we have to be honest about when it's hard and have a safe place to say it's hard. I just want to let you know, my expectation of you is never to come here fully arrived. Never. I'm assuming we have a room full of broken people who are desperately, ruthlessly going after Jesus and asking hard questions. Because there's no question he can't answer and no question that's going to scare him off. So when we go, why the suffering? Even Jesus did that. But we have to stay with him. And we will see, as as he's with us, If we stay with him, we will see that his glory is greater and his promises are true, that he goes through the river and the valleys with us. And not just sitting on some mountaintop going, keep going. He's with us in it. And you know what? His suffering, your suffering, he weeps with you in that. At the death of Lazarus, we see the shortest shortest passage in all of Scripture, shortest verse, Jesus what? Why did he weep? His love for us, even though he knows the outcome. He knew he would raise Lazarus, but he saw how it affected those around him who love Lazarus. And he weeped with them. He weeps with you. He's even with you in your pain. 
It doesn't just mean he's sitting there encouraging you all the way, going, come on, you can do it. I know it hurts. and Keep going. No. He cries with you as he walks with you. He experiences joy with you and celebrates with you as you celebrate. He is ever-present in the midst of your suffering and ever-present in your joys and your hopes. And next week, we're going to talk more about the hope. I get the depressing stuff. Sharon gets the uplifting stuff. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying? We can't ignore it. We can't dismiss it. We have to engage it and dive into the suffering, but not without understanding that Jesus is with us and his glory is with us, and that it is greater. I'm assuming the rest of my day is going to be very hectic in many different ways. And some of your days today may be very hectic. And for that, I agree with you. But I also celebrate with you because it's an opportunity for us to abide with Christ in the midst of our suffering so the people around us can see why we hope in Jesus. They can see why his glory is greater. And I'm not saying dismissing it and being unauthentic and going, well, Jesus is on the throne, everything's great. Well, it doesn't feel great. But he is great. And I will cling to him in the midst of that which feels terrible and know that there's a far greater glory going on here and I will be entering one for eternity. And that gives me hope. This is a blip on the screen, this life. But man, do we want to live it well. And the only way we live it well is by living it with him. Amen? All right. Well, Lord, have your way. I don't know what to do. You just do it. Um, I don't have answers other than you. So I pray in Jesus' name that you would convict the hearts that need to be convicted, that you would continue to do what you do, that you continue to transform us with ever-increasing glory that our picture of you would get bigger and bigger and bigger so suffering cannot shrink that image of of God we have, but only increase its mass and its weight on our heart. We thank you that suffering is not our destination. It is just a place where you show off. It's a place where you show that your glory does redeem, can redeem, will redeem anything that we would suffer in this life because there's something greater going on here. So we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the questions that you answer, and we thank you for the questions that uh, we will never have answers to. And the reason why we thank you is that because we can trust you in the not knowing. And if those, there are those of us in this place right now that don't trust you in the areas of not knowing, would you gently lead us to a place of authentic surrender and trust in you? We want all people to know your name, not just the sound of it, but the impact of it and what it means to walk with you. And we thank you, Lord, that you walk with us. We thank you that we can say we're yours, and more importantly, that you say publicly we're yours. You say you are mine. I thank you that all Jesus wants is for the people that you've given him to be with it. All he wants is for us to be with him. Is there any greater joy than that? Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.